Jim Barn right here, um, who will be preaching to us. He is an old friend of Jack from Fourth Presbyterian, and he's been the youth pastor at many churches. And many of us know him from uh, teaching at our retreat, which was the last retreat before um, the pandemic stopped those for a while. So, um, welcome, Jim, and uh, you have the floor. Thank you. It's a it's a joy to be here. In this, uh, to see some of the faces that I've known before from being on the retreat and others. And I'm very excited about being able to share from the scriptures to run in. Please forgive me if I forgot your name from those retreats. So at least tell me when you see so I don't embarrass myself, uh, in, in that, uh, time. I'd like to say a word about Jack, uh, just to give a little background. Is that okay before I read the scripture? Is that okay? I don't know, Scott, if that's the right order. If I go in the wrong order, good. Um, I met Jack in 10th grade. In 10th grade, we were both high schoolers. We both came from, uh, let's say, unbelieving backgrounds. That was definitely the case. Jack walked around Walter Johnson High School with his tennis racket all the time. Uh, That's what he was. He loved tennis and he loved soccer. And no matter how, uh, I think I mentioned this last time, sir, no matter how warm it was uh, at, at Walter Johnson High School, whether it was 80 degrees outside, Jack constantly wore his uh, letter jacket that he had lettered in several sports, but he loved his letter jacket. Do you have memories of this at all, Larry? At all? A little bit? A little older, that's right. Um, Jack, one of the things that is amazing about Jack was his thirst for theological knowledge. He had a thirst for theological knowledge. Jack, uh, in high school, we, we both met Christ through this uh, fairly dynamic youth ministry um, that was very, very exciting. And Jack and I came, I was a year younger than Jack, uh, and uh, uh, Jack was into sports, and I was un- totally and completely uncoachable. Uh, I was unable to be coached, no matter how fast I could run or anything like, but I was totally uncoordinated. Uh, Jack, uh, we then went to University of Maryland together, um, and the church that we were involved in, a Presbyterian church, had a budget uh, for uh, their media center, and somehow Jack got a hold of that budget and purchased every known tape that was ever made of R.C. Sproul um, on every passage of scripture and Jack would get it and he would get it and he would pour over these tapes and he would just pour over it so much so I was sort of the joker. I would make fun of Jack while he would pour over. I'd make fun of his athletics as well as the uh, as as this tremendous thirst and uh, it was it was something that was very very uh, real to him, and he loved to talk so much about it. And so Jack's love of the scripture uh, uh, and learning from particularly R.C. Sproul was an, an amazing amazing thing. Uh, and uh, it, I'm sure you as a congregation have benefited greatly from that. By the time Jack went to seminary at Gordon Conwell. He had a theological basis that, that was stronger than most of the students that finished because of his uh, just pouring over, over those, uh, over those uh, uh, tapes of R.C. Sproul. So you are blessed as a congregation 
to have a man who loves uh, the, the teaching of R.C. Sproul that comes from the scriptures. And I want to pass that along. Was that appropriate for me to do? Is anyone here, uh, will I be put up on charges or something for not going straight into the scriptures, I hope? No, maybe, maybe all, all that way. I do want you to know that Jack and I uh, were competitive at times with certain things. And whereas Jack listened to R.C. Sproul's tapes, I did have the benefit in my first doctoral program of sitting under R.C. Sproul and, uh, for, for several weeks in his, in his class. The first class I had with R.C. Sproul, I was so intimidated that I literally broke out. My face broke out because he, he, uh, he handled his class very, uh, it was very intimidating. And, uh, um, uh, the first, the first class I had with him, was very scary for me uh, because I felt I wasn't up to the theological uh, uh, level. And then uh, by the second class and the second time, we sort of hit it off, and I literally became what he called the class clown of his of classes, which uh, is not as uh, much fun as you think to be the class clown in a class of R.C. Sproul and to uh, have that go on. But the stories abound, and, uh, but that was something that I love to, love to tell about Jack. Jack and I grew up in a youth ministry that this passage hits. And theologically, you may say, boy, I didn't learn anything new with this preacher today. But I would say, Sproul would say this, and many would say, it is not... Uh, what you uh, learned new, it's that you repeated and that what you walked out of here with. And you'll get my message and let's see if you understand because Second Timothy 2 verses 1 and 2 I memorized from a different version than you probably have, but I'll read it from this version. Let's look at it. Uh, You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Version I memorize. So, my son, be strong in the grace that's in Christ Jesus. And what you heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others. So, my son, be strong in the grace that's in Christ Jesus. And the things you've heard me say in the presence of many witnesses entrust to reliable men who will in turn pass them on to others. I'm going to take a chance here in this passage and ask all those that are below the age of 33 to please stand. Men and women, if you could. 33, below the age of 33. Okay, right here. Wonderful. Isn't that wonderful? It's great, yes. Stand up there, that little gentleman right there next to you. Is it Neil? 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 You get to stand on this and right here. I want you to look at these uh, young people here. And they may say, young people, I'm not that young, but uh, stay standing. George Barna, who I also was able to sit under a little bit at at a, a program, just came out, the Barna Institute came out, that the belief in God in the United States of America has dropped drastically in the last 15 years to only 81%. 81%. The percentage that say they believe the Bible has dropped even lower than that. 
But you all can sit down now. You can sit down. The reason I had them stand is this is the generation that you're to build into. This, these are the ones. And those of you who say you're too old, let me remind you, you can't be too old in a biblical context. You cannot. The scripture makes it clear you cannot be old. In a biblical context, your wisdom is to be handed on to that generation. And that is not happening in the United States of America in a biblical sense. The younger people are not receiving the gospel, the life-changing eternal gospel. And we could talk about why that is, but I'm not going to spend the time on that. You know why. But the church is failing in mentoring the next generation. You're not really the next generation, Noel. You're, you're not. Uh, uh, you're not. You are the church of today. You're not the church of tomorrow. You are the church of today. And let's remember that. So, be, so my son, be strong in the grace that's in Christ Jesus. And the things you've heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to reliable men who will in turn pass them on to others. That is the biblical method of transferring the gospel. That's the biblical method. Now, for example, let me give you this example. Some of you may have heard this before. But if somehow I could give you a choice between $1 million or one penny, but that magic penny would double every day for a month, let's say 30, 31 days. How many would take the million dollars? Oh, you've heard this before. How many would take the magic doubling penny? Right. Because if you were to take the million dollars, you'd walk out this door with a million dollars. But if you were to take that penny that doubled every day, you would walk out with 10 million seven hundred and $37,418.24. That's 30, 30 days. Well, this isn't a lesson in economics. This is a lesson in mentoring and discipling. Billy Graham preached to 2.2 billion people. Great man, Billy Graham. Tremendous. Greatest preacher, you would say, in my lifetime. Tremendous man. Privilege of meeting him. 2.2 billion people heard him. 200 million of them heard him in live audiences at his crusades throughout the world. And it's estimated uh, in their records that 2.2 million responded to his message to not worry about the buses, but to stay 
and make a decision for Jesus Christ. And they began that relationship. And we know some that have done that. Bold statement I'm getting ready to make. You have the potential of having a greater impact for the gospel of Jesus Christ than Billy Graham. Because of that penny. So, my son, be strong in the grace that's in Christ Jesus. And the things you have heard me say, the content you've heard, in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to reliable men, people, who will in turn pass them on to others. One, one, that repeats to another, that repeats to another, and repeats to another. Do not say, as I said about your age, let me remind you, that Colonel Sanders started KFC with his Social Security check. Okay? Do not limit the power of God because of your age. God wants you to pass along what you've received. There's the message of the gospel. The message of the gospel, the message of the Bible is redemption. From the beginning all the way, it's that God will redeem his people, will take his people, and no matter what situation, no matter what evil, whatever sin, he will redeem that situation for his glory. We see that throughout the scripture. The word redemption means being bought back. Through Jesus Christ, God wants to redeem our lives. Just like he did from all the way from Genesis 1-1 till the end. All the way in the scripture. Redemption is the scripture. That's the theme of the Bible. The characters and the main characters are you. You are the main character. You're the one that becomes redeemed. And the things you've heard said in the presence of many witnesses entrust or allow men who will in turn pass them on to others. Intellectually, what is the preacher saying? Who are you? Discipling. Who is the one, Penny, who is the one that you will make a difference to? Not who is the 2.2 billion that are going to hear you preach. Because let's be honest, I do a lot of preaching, a lot of speaking, and I'm not sure when they walk out they remember anything I say. You know what I'm talking about? It's like, Charlie Brown's parents, ba 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 and they walk out, right? But the method of taking redemption and making it a reality is through personal relationship and mentoring and sharing life with someone 
that you build into their lives. The message is clear. There's a message, but there's also a method. There is a message in the scripture of redemption, but there is a method to communicating. Oh yeah, proclamation's important. Wouldn't take it. Wouldn't take it away. Proclamation's important. But what is more powerful is no matter how many tapes Jack Lash listened to of R.C. Sproul, no matter how much we have content-wise, it is doesn't mean anything in your workplace. Because we're not in your workplace, you are. And those that are taking notes, and there are a few of you, I want you to write down the people that sit on your right and left at work. Because that is the method. The method is that no matter how old or experienced or wherever you are, that one of these young people needs you to speak into their lives, be a part of their lives, communicate and demonstrate to them what it means because only 81% in the United States of America, a Christian nation, believes in God and the pattern is dropping. It is a major, major drop. Major drop. Salvador Ramos walked into a school angry, upset, and shot children. Why? What if he'd had a mentor? What if he'd had someone from this church that had just been a part of his life and had talked to him? The why, they say. Well, he'd gotten an argument with his grandmother over the cell phone bill. No. What he needed was someone to mentor him. Someone to build into his life and to care. And God has blessed you with a congregation that can make a difference. I've worked with youth groups in the hundreds, and I've worked with youth groups in the fives. And the economy of God, the economy of God, is you can't say one is more important than the other. You can't. You can't at all. So my question to ask is, who are you mentoring? But first, let me ask you this question. Three relationships that we must have. But to, to help you all there, because I know we have a seminarian or two here, the word entrust. Entrust. What does it mean to entrust? It means to place trust into that person. It's to put a deposit for safekeeping, safekeeping. The gospel of Jesus Christ about justification, about sanctification, about all that is there in the scripture is something you have been given. And we're to entrust that to other people through relationship, through a caring, loving relationship. 
And a word entrust is very important. It means you protect it, make sure it's correct, and you build it in to the life of other people. We lost it in America with media. TikTok, Facebook, and the rest are mentoring our young people. And don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying the vehicle is evil. Some would say the vehicle is evil. No, Martin Luther used the printing press for the Reformation. The printing press came. And with the printing press, he was able to communicate those tracts and begin the Reformation. There are many people like Martin Luther that said and did many of the same things, but it was not learned in history because it wasn't printed down. It was not till the movable type of the printing press that changed the world. We now have an Internet that anything will go out. But there is no substitute for the mentoring of disciples. So, my son, be strong in the grace that's in Christ Jesus. And the things you've heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to reliable men who will in turn pass them on to others. There's three relationships you need. One, you must have a Paul in your life. You must have a Timothy in your life. And you must have a Barnabas in your life. You must have a Paul in your life. That's someone that will speak into your life. Paul was an amazing man. They say there's three things that were absolutely unique about the Apostle Paul before his, in his conversion. Number one, that he was a Roman citizen. He had the status of being a Roman citizen, which made him in the world something important. He then had Greek philosophy. He had like a PhD in Greek philosophy. His arguments were in Greek. He understood the Greek understanding of life and logic. And then third, he was a Pharisee of Pharisees. And what he, uh, what, what he did was those three things made him very, very significant. But what's more significant is this man that wrote a third of the New Testament is that he was a mentor to Timothy. You must have a Paul that speaks into your life. Who is your Paul? Who is the person that speaks into your life? And young people that stood, not to embarrass you, my wife always complains and she wished she could be here. She had a commitment. She's got a ministry of compassion to elderly and she said it's important that I go this week uh, to her, uh, to her, uh, uh, her ministry there. In false church, and so she did, but uh, 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 and that lost I lost my train of thought, please forgive me on that, and that I deserve that. You need a Paul, you need a Paul in your life, someone that speaks into your life. Who is that person that speaks into your life? Who is it? Who is the one you can go to for the questions? Who is the one that will teach you? Who are the one, who's the one you can go with the questions that you have that you'll share life with? Second, you need a Timothy. What do we know about Timothy? Well, Timothy was, was uh, uh, 
had a grandmother that cared about him. We know little about his father. He may have been a Gentile. Uh, Timothy was a church leader, but he looked to Paul for direction. You need a Timothy. You need to have a Paul in your life. You need to have a Timothy in your life. And the Timothy in your life is the one that you build into. I don't care what age you are. I don't care if you're a, 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 a sophomore in high school. If you know Jesus Christ, you should be building into other people. You should say, who am I going to minister to? You as a believer in Christ do not have the right or privilege to sit in the pews and sing the songs. You are to be an active participant in worship and in the ministry of building other people. Now, I will say when I walked in here, it was wonderful to be here greeted by many of you. Some of you are very, very friendly. You're a friendly church. You shake hands, you say hello, you look you in the eye, and that is absolutely wonderful. That's great. The other thing that is amazing is where most people will um, pray in churches, uh, this church gets down on their knees and prays. And uh, in all, all, uh, the, the other churches, you, you are, uh, that, that's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. So let me compliment you on that. What I'd like to encourage you to do, and I don't know any history. I'm not saying mentor, mentor. The church is losing ground, and it is time to mentor. It is time to take that penny and multiply that penny. It is time for you to take what God has given you up to this point and build it in the life of someone else. Did you learn anything new? No, not yet. No, he's challenging me, but I don't know if I've heard anything new. Wow, what a waste of time. And third, you need a Barnabas. You need a Paul, you need a Timothy, and you need a Barnabas. Barnabas, it says was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and full of faith. Barnabas was the man that allowed them to have their banquets at his house. And we may not have had a Paul if it wasn't for Barnabas. See, when Paul became a believer in Christ, they knew his reputation of persecuting the church. So when he walked into the fellowship of the church, they were not sure of this man. But Barnabas had the security and the strength to think outside himself, to care about other people, not worried about the fact that I'm bald, not worried about the fact that I'm old, but no, instead, thinking about the needs of others. And he took Paul and extended the right hand of fellowship to each of them. And on the basis of Barnabas and their trust and relationship, Paul was accepted in that church. He was accepted. Who's your Barnabas? The one you can go with whatever it is you're struggling with and share. I have a Paul, his name's Paul Kakoulis. He's 98 years old. I talk to him uh, every third or fourth day we talk. 
And I say, hey, Mr. K, hey, Paul, how are you? He says, good, how are you? He's 98, he's starting to drift a little bit. 98's tough, it's tough. But he's always there for me in terms of counsel. I have a Timothy in my life right now. My Timothys are youth pastors. That I'm getting towards the end at this age, 67 years old. They're really hopping on a skateboard or trying to keep up with teenagers. It can be a little hard wrestling with them. But the truth of the matter is, is God has given me something to then give to other youth pastors that hopefully will be given to young people and on. Who is your Paul? Who is your Timothy? And third, who is your Barnabas? And my Barnabas is Ken Bowers, who I speak to on the phone every day. I was there for him and he was there for me. I was there for him uh, when his two wives, two wives died of cancer. I was there for him on the day that his first wife died and the week his second wife died. And he is there for me when I've been through ministry and said, what do you do in ministry? And he had the perspective and the wisdom and the care that he had my best interest in mind. Who is your Paul? Who is your Timothy? Who is your Barnabas? Will you change the world? Or will the pandemic make you to back off and say there's nothing we can do? All is lost. These young people cannot be reached. No. There's someone that God has for you to be able to minister to. I don't know who that is, but there's someone. Will you pray that the things that you have received from Jack and others in this church, the things you have received from your reading and experience and all your content that you have received over the years will not just come into your brain and into your body, but will come out to be used by God to build someone else up in Jesus Christ who will then pass it on to someone else. So my son, be strong in the grace that's in Christ Jesus. And the things you've heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to reliable men who will in turn pass them on to others. Don't count on the media to do it. Don't count on the different methodologies of the day The methodology is one person ministering to one other. In sign language, this is discipleship. This is meant, who is your other finger there? Who is the one that you will do? None of us are off the hook. That's what we're to do. Would you mentor? Jason, will you mentor someone? Larry, will you mentor someone? Scott, will you mentor someone? Will you know? Will you do it? Did I say Noel? Noel, thank you. Felicity, will you? Will you do it? Will you mentor? Will God fill you with his Holy Spirit and take what he's given you to then pass on to someone else?
Uh, that's the method of the scripture. The message is clear. They were saved by his grace alone. They were saved by faith alone. We do not earn it. We receive it. We receive it, the gift of Jesus Christ. That The message has been confused by the methodologies. And may we take the message of Jesus Christ. Uh, many of you don't know this, but Larry Poe, Elder Larry Poe, taught me how to drive. My wife would be upset about that, Larry. Because <laughs> she recently said in the car when we were driving, you're the worst driver I know. I should have said Larry Poe taught me. Take it up with Larry. When I was 15 years old, before I had my driver's license, Larry took me out of the car and drove with me. Am I right, Larry? Yeah, you don't remember. You don't. Yeah, he's senile. He's getting senile. No, he's not. Yeah, he did. In uh, the parking lot of St. James D. Shonnell uh, Catholic uh, School. I remember. See, I remember. You know how I remember? Because Larry mentored me. When I was a teenager, he ran my, ran my Bible study. I remember things that he said. I was 15 years old, had not grown up in the church. And someone with a total different personality than me spoke into my life, Larry Poe. Shared Christ with me. And I cannot thank him enough. He entrusted into me the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Larry, I've preached to a lot of people. I've spoken to a lot of kids. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for what you've done in my life. I'm not as good as you. Uh, you are a better mentor than I am a follower. I can tell you that. You're a godly man. Now, I'm embarrassing him. Are you getting my message today? You have something to offer. The penny, the magic. Don't walk out with a million dollars. Take the penny. Double that penny again and again and again. You're not, a, you're, you're, you're not at that internship by accident. You are not there just for decking. Do you know that? You are there because Jesus Christ put you there. And don't be embarrassed by me. I respect you totally. I don't mean to call you out. My wife gets mad at that when I do that. God has something for you. Will you take what you've received and hand it on? Let me pray. Father in heaven, thank you so much that your scripture is so clear that we are saved by your grace alone, that we can become justified just as if we'd never sinned by your grace and love, and that you want to redeem us and make us new. And we ask, Father God, that you continue the process of sanctification in our lives, that you'd make us more and more like your son, Jesus, that we could look at him and see how we're to love and how we're to care. But Father God, take us and show us who you want us to mentor, who you want us to disciple. And we know it is not an option, it is a command. And we would follow that command and we would change the world with your power in Jesus' name. Amen.